Hey, everybody. This is Eddie with Paranormal Analytical, and this is our new uh, blog post that we're doing. And uh, we're just uh, on the phone right now with uh, Patrick Newcomb, who's one of my teammates, and also lead investigator and medic for our team. How are you doing tonight, Patrick? Oh, pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. What are you up to tonight? Are you busy working or are you out playing? No, no, I'm just at the house. Just hanging just at out. The house? Yeah. <laughs> well, good, man. It's been rainy and stuff, so I guess uh, you don't want to get out there and get moist tonight, huh? Yeah, no, no, I've had my fair share the last couple of days. I bet. Yeah, it's been pretty wet over here in San Antonio. So, listen, man, the reason I'm calling you is because since this is our new uh, podcast, our little blog post that we're doing right now, uh, just thought I'd give you a call and we can do a quick little, little interview, if you don't mind, and, and talk a little bit about what got you into the paranormal. Sure. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what got you involved with the paranormal, Patrick? I mean, what 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 experiences actually made you look into becoming a paranormal investigator? Well, uh, I remember uh, we were working at uh, one of the cities, a small cities here in San Antonio. I was at the fire department working on the ambulance, and uh, you were one of the police officers in town, and um, that's how we met. But before that, I worked on one of the military bases here in San Antonio on the ambulance, and uh, me and my partner one night were just kind of bored, you know, driving around, and there's a old hospital on the base that dates back to the Civil War. And we were like, hey, let's just drive around the hospital and see what, you know, see what we uh, come up with because it's supposedly haunted. So we were driving around, and she was sitting in the passenger seat. I was sitting in the driver's seat, and we drove around to the morgue, which is the hospital was all boarded up, um, closed down. You know, they only use it for training exercises, which that night we knew for a fact that there was no training exercises. So we drove around, and I parked right beside the morgue. It had big double doors. It was all, uh, you know, chains on the doors. You know, there's no way the doors could have be opened at any time without them opening it. And I was looking at her. We are just sitting there talking. And uh, next thing you know, she turns whiter than a piece of paper and starts screaming. And I'm looking at her going, what, 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 what's going on? And uh, she was looking towards me, so I turn around, I look at the double doors, and they're wide open. <clears throat> and uh, standing beside the doors was about an eight-foot figure. Uh, looks like it was in a robe. It was, you know, uh, looked like the robe was blowing in the wind, but there was no wind outside. There was no So feet. was the door was, open? Was the door the, open when you first pulled up, or was it closed? No, it was closed. Or else I would have, you know, kept on going, you know. But, uh, yeah, it was about a foot, two feet off ground. There was no feet. And I just sat there staring at it like, you know, what the heck is this? And it had a hood on. Well, when, when it raised its head up, there was no face. It was just, just white. So, of course, you know, my first encounter, I'm freaking out. I started like, oh, my God, you know, and I look back at her. She's still screaming, you know, everything was hectic. So I floored the ambulance, you know, we're going over curbs and grass and fields and stuff. And I stopped about a mile down the road. And, of course, we called the base police and was like, hey, you know, 
you need to come and check this out. The doors are open. You know, they're not, we know they're not supposed to be open. There was something there. Of course, they come out, you know, a bunch of cops, you know. What's that? What base did this take place at? Uh, Fort Sam. Fort Sam here in San Antonio. It's the old uh, Bamsey Hospital. So this was so, the old hospital on base? Yeah. Yeah, it dates back to the Civil War. And uh, from all the people I've talked to on the base, you know, there's all the staff that used to work there when it was open. You know, they've seen Civil War soldiers walking in the hallway, Vietnam soldiers walking in the hallway, you know, and, you know, they go to confront them. Hey, you know, you're not supposed to be here. Well, they vanish. They're no longer there. So this is a well-known, I mean, everybody will tell you, hey, no, that place is definitely haunted. But to me, the figure that I've seen, it looked like the Grim Reaper. There's no doubt about it. And, of course, you know, when the cops checked it out, they radioed back to us, hey, you know, what are you guys on? You know, the doors are locked. There's a chain on them. There's no way that door was open. I was like, no, it was open. We've both seen it. And Yeah. So that's that was kind of interesting that the doors appear to you as being open, but they were closed when you first got there, and there was a chain around them. Do you yeah, think maybe yeah. it was like some sort of portal that you might have been looking through going into that into that morgue area of the hospital? I don't know, but when the doors were open, it was just pitch black in there. I mean, normally, even though it's it's dark outside, you you see doors open, you can see inside of the building, but you cannot see inside the building. And that thing was definitely, I would say, I don't know, about six, seven feet from the truck. So it was like right there. You know, you were close to this thing. It wasn't like you were looking at this thing from a distance and all of a sudden out of the corner of your eye, you thought you saw something. I mean, this was like very close to your position where you were at and you were looking directly at this figure. Yes. Yes. It, it was, so this yeah. something that could have been your imagination. No, no. Me, you know, and the funny thing about that is, is when I got to. This wasn't to, something that could be your imagination, right? No, no. And to verify that is, you know, when I finally stopped down the street, I just looked at her and I said, dude, don't say a word. I want to ask you one thing. What did you see? And she described exactly what I seen. So I know it wasn't my imagination because she's seen the exact same thing I seen. So there's no explanation I'm, for that. I mean, you and I have been to a lot of different haunted locations when we're out filming for the show Paranormal Analytical. And, uh, I mean, we've seen a lot of crazy stuff, but, I mean, I think this right here, which you just expressed, as far as what you saw and what your partner saw while you were all in the ambulance, that – that's some incredible stuff right there. I mean, that yeah. that is something that I don't think any of us ever seen while we were filming. I mean, this would be like the Holy Grail if we could get something like that on film, wouldn't you think? Oh, yeah, most definitely. And you know the scary thing about that, Eddie, is remember me telling you my birthday just passed. And, you know, and my daughter's mom you're old, had... You're old right now. Yes, yes, I am old. But my daughter's mom, <laughs> my daughter came back from her mom's house and she was like, hey, you know, we, we were looking at the baby books and why did you why did you draw that picture in the baby book? Beside your name. 
because it was my name and my birthday. And I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, yeah, my mom said it was a really good drawing of the Grim Reaper. And I said, mm-hmm. I, I never drew a Grim Reaper in, in the, your baby book, especially your baby book. What, what are you talking about? She goes, yeah, my mom said it was a really good detailed drawing, and it was right beside your name. And that's a couple of days before Did your daughter see it? Day. Yeah, yeah. Did your daughter, your daughter saw it? Yeah, because they were looking through the baby book. Well, and you, know my, you need to you need to get a hold of your your ex and and have her take a picture of that and send that to you. If you yeah. didn't draw it, I mean, for that to I mean, I'm a father myself. I mean, I've got a daughter and I've got a son, but I mean, there are baby pictures, baby books. I mean, the Grim Reaper would be the last thing that I'd be drawn in their baby book. I mean, I could understand exactly. And, and by the way, I can't draw worth anything. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Drawing through more stick figures, you know. More or less, more or less, yes. And, and yeah. you know, for them yeah. to like, hey, why did you draw? You know, that's a really good drawing. I'm like, no, no, I didn't draw anything. You know. So, and especially and by my birthday, so the whole time. Uh, yeah, yeah. My my uh, her well, her mom has the book, and. Uh, yeah, no, nonetheless, you know, seeming that it was by my name on my birthday. So on my birthday, I was, like, real careful about everything I did. <laughs> I was nervous the whole day because I, I didn't know what, what that's all about, you know. So. Yeah, I imagine that is that is simply just crazy. I mean, for something like that to take place. You know, I, I know that we've been to a lot of different locations, and, you know, we've dealt with a lot of hauntings, and some of our teammates have actually been, you know, pretty spooked by certain things they've seen as far as apparitions. But my whole thing, what I really enjoy, I think, more out of the investigations that we do are the UFO cases. I love the UFO cases, whether they're hauntings, whether they're abduction cases, uh, or UFO sightings, or any of that. But the, I think the UFO cases that come up, I, I'm really drawn to those more i think than most of the hauntings and things like that which i like i said i truly enjoy those as well but the ufo cases i think i really i i i embrace those i think a little bit stronger than i do the hauntings and mainly because i know that we cannot be the only living beings in this whole universe or you know i mean it's it's impossible yeah there's no doubt that there's something else out there yeah, I mean, and, and and I mean, we've seen some crazy stuff while we've been investigating, you know, and, and those are the cases that I really, really, really embrace more than anything because of the fact that although I, I know there's a chance that a lot of that stuff may be from our own military, but the fact that it could be extraterrestrial as well, I think that is a that plays a big part as far as. I guess the the lore, you know, the the attraction to to uh, that kind of a, a a thing, you know, it just makes you want to, you know, investigate and keep investigating and keep investigating until you get the proof and the evidence that you need. Because the government, I have no doubt that they're actually trying to keep us from knowing anything exists out other than what's in our own world, you know. I, but I mean, you and I know differently. 
Oh yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you know, there's, there's theories out there also that the a lot of the military technology is from UFO experiments and so forth. You know, I mean, that's one of the theories. A Bigfoot. I mean, we need to do a bit more Bigfoot uh, cases. Uh, you know, cryptozoology. I mean, that one of the theories is is there's a lot of paranormal activity. You know, based uh, based on Bigfoot sightings. Correct. And there's a lot of UFO sightings that are spotted at the same time Bigfoot's being spotted as well. Which is a theory that a lot of Bigfoot researchers have is that, you know, Bigfoot himself may not be from this planet. Yeah. I mean, well, no one's, no one can ever find or, or, you know, document for a long period of time. So, I mean, you know, are they... One of the other theories I heard is that these aliens, for lack of better terms, from other worlds are actually not from other worlds. I've heard the theory that these so-called alien beings are from here on planet Earth. Now, I know a lot of people have heard of the Hopi Indians, and and their belief system is that there's a, a race of beings called that they call the ant people. And these beings live underground, and it's part of the mythology where they were actually created by these ant people and brought to the surface. Um, There's a lot of talk that some of these beings and spacecrafts that we see are actually from inner Earth. Have you heard anything on that? Uh, Well, yeah. Um, A lot of uh, sightings are taking place coming out of the water, you know, out of the ocean also. Um, You know, uh, underground, a lot of the... There, I watched a thing on uh, TV the other day where there was a Indian tribe. I forgot which uh, island it was, but uh, they keep on saying that you know these these creatures that live on their island keep on coming out of the ocean, and uh, every time they go to investigate the area where these crafts come out of the ocean, there's supposedly an island in that area. It it vanishes. The island is nowhere to be found. And then next time they went out there, it was there, saving coordinates. So that's kind of odd. They were thinking that it was some sort of, I guess you can say, base or something, you know. I found that interesting. Yeah, well, there's a lot of stories like that, especially off the off the California coast. You know, there's supposed to be an alien base down there. And, yeah. I mean, so... These things are kind of pretty much everywhere. I mean, if you think about it, because there's a lot of sightings that come from all over. Um, Bermuda Triangle, you know, that area as well. So the desert, you know, around Area 51, also areas in Utah, areas up in Ohio. You know, so, I mean, there's a lot of places where people feel that these craft actually base themselves out of. Yeah. Um, uh, the Big Bend area, we've been out there several times, and uh, that's a beautiful area. I would like to go out there and do some more uh, UFO investigations. And, uh, well, we did a couple of par- – we, we did one paranormal investigation out there in the old mines, which was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, they have caves going down deep, 
you know, and they barred them up, and which is weird. It kind of looks like another planet, you know, purple, purple dirt. Well, well, that's it, it's full of the quicksilver or uh, mercury, and that's mercury. that's one reason we didn't really uh, want to go into that mine at that time, <laughs> if you remember. Uh, we, yeah, we were being yeah. real careful because, of course, mercury is absorbed through your skin, and the last thing we want to do is, you know, mercury get too much boy. of that in our system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And remember, yeah. if you remember when we were out late at night, remember that bright light that was coming over there near the Big Bend, uh, Mexico border that we thought at first was a Border Patrol helicopter, and it wasn't. That's true. That's true. No, they, no we, we've seen the Border Patrols out there. Cause, you know, we've seen their headlights driving around and so forth, and we thought it was just a regular helicopter. You're right. But it ended up mm-hmm. uh, making some erratic movements up there, so there's no way – a helicopter can go that fast and turn that quickly at that speed. So No, and then yeah. it ended up over the top of us, and the light went out, and we couldn't get our cameras to focus on it. And the next thing we know, this thing just takes off, and it's gone out of sight. I mean, in, in just a split second, it did not take it long at all. And this nope. thing was gone, just gone. But out yeah. there, Big Bend is also known as the darkest area within the continental United States. It is the darkest area out there. And, of course, they have the observatory out there as well that, you know, peers into the night sky and and, and looks up into the heavens. And, I mean, it's just it's beautiful out there. I mean, you can see every star, every satellite. You can see the space station go by. I mean, you know what these things are when you see them. I mean, it's just that clear. So when you do have something that's out of the ordinary, it kind of sticks out. It, it's not you can tell it doesn't belong. That's true. My my recommendation is is don't go out there just to by yourself or with just uh, regular regular friends because it's it's pretty dangerous uh, area if you remember. Mm-hmm. Well, we've heard the stories and the rumors. Uh, once again, folks, we don't know how true this is because we have not been able to confirm. Uh, the story, but there was a report of two park rangers that were out investigating an area and making sure, you know, people were doing what they're supposed to or, you know, were there or weren't there, whatever the case may have been one night. And somehow or another, they ended up, I think it was over 20 something miles away from their truck with no recollection of where they went or what happened or how they got there. Remember that story? Uh, yeah, I remember you telling me about that. Mm-hmm. So this was a story that uh, I don't know if a whole lot of people have known about it, but I've only found one reference to it. And we're planning on going back and doing a more in-depth interview with the park rangers and speaking with them about what they may have seen. I mean, they work there. You know, they're going to know what, what they, what's out there and what's not. And I'm sure they're going to have stories that they may or may not even share with us. Um I was in Colorado at one point in time, and uh, I was on uh, Pikes Peak Mountain uh, at an elevation of 6,300 feet, which was pretty depriving of oxygen. I remember that just walking a mere 50 feet, you know, I was left breathless. And, uh, you know, and being from Texas, you know, I'm, you know, here at sea level, you know, the oxygen's good. I mean, you can breathe well, but you get up there, let me tell you what. There's almost no air to breathe whatsoever, and it doesn't take much before you're exhausted. But uh, they told me off the record 
about sightings of Bigfoot. On the record, they wouldn't talk to me. And uh, I think a majority of that was due to their jobs. However, there is a sign that's posted there in the park that says uh, Bigfoot Crossing. This sign has been posted for your safety due to sightings of a creature that, or, or a Bigfoot-like creature that has been seen in the area, which I thought was really cool. And uh, there's a lot of reports on Pikes Peak of tourists that go up and they never come down. You know, so they're still up there missing or God only knows what's happened to them. But uh, that's that's one of the reasons that they posted that sign up there on that mountain. Oh, yeah. So Not, not to mention know, the bears because, and the mountain lions and so forth. Well, true. I mean, that place is crawling with that kind of wildlife. There's no I mean, look what we ran into. Ran into. Yeah, look what we ran into at, uh, you know, the Davis Mountains. You know, we had a mountain lion right beside of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're lucky that thing was fat. Yeah, when yeah. It went, it, when, when, it, when it went by, its t- stomach was sitting there swinging from side to side. I thought to myself, thank God you're well fed. Yep. Because it could have went, went pretty badly for all of us, I think, at that point in time. Yeah, we've seen uh, quite a few creatures that night. Yeah, and we had that burrow, that wild burrow that was running around out there. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and, but yeah. you know, if you remember going up toward that one mine that was supposedly haunted by those miners that had perished over there, we uh, had to go by that one area across the mountain where there was like a pit, and inside that pit we had that strong stench of a smell like a rotting corpse or an animal of some type, and we had that mountain lion that was in there that kept growling, and we could hear it growling. We never saw it, but we could hear it. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, and it kept on tripping our uh, motion detectors also around our mm-hmm. base camp. Yeah, because we were so close to the border, folks, that we had to literally set up infrared motion sensors around our camp, you know, just to make sure that, you know, we were safe. You know, although we were heavily armed, at the same time, it was it's super dark out there, and we're right there next to the border. Uh, we have no cell phone service. Uh, you can't there's You can't even listen to a radio out there. You're so far away from everything. And we're literally probably maybe two hours off-road, uh, off into the desert at this one location. So, I mean, it, there there is no help. You're it. So we surrounded ourselves with motion detectors, and we were armed just in case. And we did have those motion sensors going off and uh, throughout the night, and we had to keep jumping up and checking just to make sure, you know, we weren't getting snuck up on. And, you know, pretty sure that it was that mountain lion. Well, remember before we even went off the uh, the highway onto the dirt road to you know, go back to the mine, you you were, you were saying something about a uh, dinosaur-looking creature that's been spotted out there that walks on a tiny leg. And yeah. shortly after uh, that, actually, we were four wheel four wheeling, and uh, I'd say about a mile down the road of you know extreme four wheeling, just to get to this mine, we'd seen a. It looked to be a, like a huge lizard running on its back legs across the road. It was something. Which, I, I give it that. I mean, and and this is like a, I guess the way it was described to us is that like a mini T-Rex or some kind of mini reptile of some sort that they call a mini T-Rex. And, and uh, people describe it as looking like a Tyrannosaur, but, you know, about two, three feet tall. And... We saw something that was moving, like Patrick said, on its hind legs, but we didn't get a good look at it, I mean, which was a shame, because if we could have actually spotted something like that, that would have been just awesome. 
Oh, but I was taking you know, that when we heard about it more as folklore. It was big enough. It was tall enough on its hind legs to be spotted way in front of the vehicle, you know, and it was super, super fast. Uh, but I was not yeah, the only one that seen it. I think everybody else seen it in the truck, too. Yeah, everybody saw it, but we never got a good look at it because it went by so quick that it, it was there and gone before we our brains could even process that there was something that actually ran across the dirt road in front of us. Yeah. But, I mean, to yeah, be a really, really lizard or whatever running on hind legs, that thing was pretty tall. I mean, I've never seen a... You know, a huge lizard like that run on its hind legs. That would be like no, a. I mean, uh... Go ahead. No, I was going to say there are lizards that will run on their hind feet, but nothing like that. I mean that that had actually had some bulk to it. Yeah, yeah, no, it, was, it, was it wasn't like big. the it wasn't yeah it wasn't like the Geico lizard running across the trail. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this thing stood at least about two to three feet tall, at least on its hind legs. And it had a pretty good-sized tail on it. Oh, remember while we were out there, there was a – you were up on that hill at night, and I was down below toward base camp, and you kept seeing that red light or something that was moving around just outside the perimeter of our motion detectors. Remember that? Yeah, yeah I do. And you, were try, and you led me to it, and actually I armed myself up, and I was – working my way to the brush trying to get to it. And at first we were thinking it was like a cherry of a cigarette. And we hadn't talked about this in a long time. I mean, but that was a really freakish thing because I could get close to it, but I could never get too close to it. And then, you know, it just, it was gone. And there was nothing there that I could see. Well, yeah. I mean, at first we thought it was like maybe a border patrol agent, like, you know, smoking a cigarette, wandering up to the camp to see what we were doing. Because uh, they they knew we were out yeah, there. Yeah, but but it, yeah, but we were just so far out there, dude. There was no way they were going to get up to us. No, not without not, us. Not without us knowing it. Yeah, because I mean, when they did come in the area, we we knew they were there. We seen the headlights from way way far away coming up. Because I mean, there's no way yeah, you can drive plus, out there without headlights on. <laughs> right. So. Plus, I mean, they we, they knew we were armed. We told them. So I mean, they're not going to sneak around out there in the dark and. uh take a chance of, you know, getting shot just out of us freaking out, thinking, you know, we have uh, an intruder of some sort. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because when they were driving around in the area, they they kept their headlights on. Yeah, and you know what? The the Border Patrol out there were really nice. Um, They they actually, you know, stopped by and checked on us and and, uh, gave us a heads up on the area, you know, and that kind of a thing, and uh, great people. I mean, that the the park, the staff, everybody there, just wonderful, big help to us while we were out there. And, uh, you know, my hat goes off to them. I mean, just an awesome place. If you've never been to Big Bend National Park, you really should go. Uh, even if you're just taking the family, there's so much to do out there. And although it's a desert, there's so much life if you just take the time to sit there and look. It's, oh, it's incredible out there, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. And, beautiful. Oh, and and the ghost town of Turling was right there, just a corner. Yeah, yeah, we've had a couple experiences there. <laughs> uh, some scarier than others. <laughs> yeah, but the ghost town of Turling was there as well, and and that's an awesome place to visit too. And it's actually grown up quite a bit compared to, uh, you know, when uh, you and I were out there last. 
Yeah, it's, it's been a it's while. It's actually got more to it. Yeah. So, yeah, we're we're going to be looking forward to going out there again. Actually, uh, I'm actually planning on us going out there maybe sometime uh, close to the end of October, or the maybe the first or second week of November, if you're up to it, if you're game. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, I do want to venture a little further north, uh, a couple of states up, you know, to see what's up there. So if anybody knows of any really good locations, you know, please – you know, email us or uh, you know, get get in touch with us. You know, look, uh, visit our uh, web page and uh, like us, share us, get our name out there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we we have a Facebook page. Uh, it's facebook.com forward slash paranormal analytical, or you can go to www.paranormal.com or paranormalanalytical.com, and we also have a YouTube page. So. Uh, Please feel free to check it out and uh, visit us, like us, and, and share us with your friends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll have some uh, content. Uh, we have a lot of uh, episodes and stuff that we're still working on, um, getting those ready to be sold and stuff. So uh, hopefully we'll have some more stuff posted on there in the near future. Absolutely, so and, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, come and check us out. And let us know if any locations yeah. or any stories that you have or anything. You know, we're we're and, and we're wanting to, to yeah, we're wanting to uh, go on some more investigations, whether it be cryptozoology, uh, UFO investigations, par- uh, you know, paranormal based. So we do it all. That's right. All right, everybody. Well, I guess our time just up. So y'all take care. It's been a pleasure and. Uh, Patrick and I appreciate you uh, listening to us and uh, listening to some of the backstories that we had. Some of these we haven't talked about in quite some time, but uh, it was fun, Patrick. And I appreciate you for you know for being on the phone with uh, you know and talking with me about all this. Yeah, yeah, not a problem. Everybody, take care and uh, keep in touch. All righty, this is Eddie with Paranormal Analytical. I am signing out. Y'all take care. See you next time.